everyone, and welcome to Leap of Faith Podcast. This is Lorraine and Jeremiah. Hello. Hey, Jeremiah. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. Welcome back. Ah, yes. It's good to be back. It's good to see you again. I, I missed last week, and, you know, I, I miss our chats and I do. Uh, yeah. this time together. So, Did you have fun? Yes, it was a good week. A uh, good time to be away from everything and uh, just be with, with family. So we, we had a good time. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I saw some pictures of you guys on Facebook. Looked like you guys were having a good time. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah we put some good. pictures. And it's it was it's great because we ended up having to get internet because my daughter did have some schoolwork. But, like, to be disconnected from the phone was was nice right yeah i mean totally away from everything was good yes i i probably am the only one in this house that puts their phone down for extended periods of time i don't look at it i don't get on it much i mean i do sometimes but not everybody else is pretty regular on theirs and yeah, yeah if you look at the usage on our bill I think mine is the lowest. Out is of it? <laughs> so I just, you know, I just don't, I don't have a need for it. I have a computer, so I go on my computer. Oh, uh, I see, I see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can be attached to the phone. I don't do much during the day because I am sitting at a computer, but I there are times when I can be attached. Um, but it was good to just not, you know, not have emails pinging me or text messages or anything. So it was nice just to be present and not feel attached to it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like a little anchor, you know, kind of keeps you weighed yeah. down a little bit and uh, disconnecting is a good thing not to, you know, I, I don't know what we did before this, but I mean, you know. I know that's what my kids asked me. Like, what did y'all do before that? I was like, and on the cruise, it's like this is what we did. We sat and talked. Yeah, <laughs> that's Same it. Night, you know, uh-huh. you played games, you went out, you did stuff. I mean, that's what you did. Instead, yeah. you know, everybody's sitting there on their phone, just swiping, and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't really get like I I'll post stuff to my Instagram, and then it goes into my Facebook, so that's one less step that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel bad because, I mean, people in my family are posting pictures and events and all this stuff. I'm just missing it all because I just don't have time. I don't have time to sit there and – do you remember when it first came out and everybody would, like, sit there glued to their Facebook for, like, hours? Yeah. 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 I can't do that anymore. I finally just – you know what stopped me? I got to tell you, I gave it up for Lent when – like three or four years ago, I gave it up for 40 days and uh-huh. I realized how I didn't need it. Yeah. And so I go back just to see every once in a while to see what family members are doing and friends, you know, I'll just kind of, mm-hmm. I go on maybe two, two or three times a week. I'll go on and sort of just mm-hmm. kind of skim through it. Sure. So if people send me messages, I have no idea. Yeah. Or if my, they, it's interesting because my kids give it up for Lent. Either they give up social media or whatever for Lent, and then, you know, they they hit right back at it. <laughs> I I didn't turn back. I really didn't. I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. I don't do. Oh, I was watching the news 
they were saying everybody should get off of TikTok. They're like, this is the worst thing ever. They're like, if you don't want any of your information out there, they're like, get off of TikTok because it is so infiltrated. I thought that's interesting. I'm not on TikTok. Yeah, my info's probably already out there, so. Well, we got, we, well, you know, well, from what I understand, the, the Chinese uh, hacked into a, a whole boatload of military social security numbers, and I think Rich's was one of them, which kind of uh, stinks. Yeah. yeah. So his information is out there. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? But yeah. yeah, I'm not on TikTok and I'm not on uh, Twitter. Those are the two. And I remember when I was working at the church, I remember when we got the Facebook account put up and then they were telling us that we had to get a Twitter account. I'm like, really? Yeah. They were asking us to get Twitter accounts and, Mm -hmm. you know, to promote the church and the activities and the events and stuff. And I'm like, I, I just didn't feel the necessity to do that. Yeah. I don't deal much, much with Twitter because it's too much information. Yeah. Like it would, I would check it way too much and then have to scroll through to catch up and everything. And to, and to me, that was like, eh. Yeah. I, just, I don't yeah. need that much news and information. Nope. I don't. So I just, you know, I live, live in my own little bubble here, mm-hmm. you know, just, to, you know, whatever. Anyway, so everybody out there, you're sitting here listening to us having this lovely little conversation, so you're privy to it. Um, But we want to say welcome and thank you for joining us. I forgot to say that. We are actually episode 62.1, and we're reading chapter 41 in Genesis. So it's a long chapter, uh, and my sisters are coming today, so I have to finish cleaning my house. So we are going to have to dive right in and start uh start doing our our thing here so um i'm gonna let uh jeremiah uh open us up in prayer and then we'll uh we'll get to reading and it's uh, like i said it's a pretty long chapter how many how many verses did you say 52 57 57 that's a lot yeah all right you ready i'm ready let's pray okay Holy Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we praise you and give you thanksgiving. And Lord, we're we're just into the Advent season here, mm. uh, Father. And I pray a, a special blessing over this time of year. It's a it's a great opportunity for us to be out in in public and sing your your praises with all these Christmas songs, Lord, and and share the good news uh, and and celebrate what what we celebrate and that's the birth of Christ um, because we know that he, he was sent here to die for our sins and be our savior Lord. And what a perfect opportunity for each and one of every one of us to be able to, to speak these words and, and invite others into the celebration with us. And I know there's Santa and there's frosty or whatever these other things, but Lord, uh, my prayer is that we remember to bring it back to Christ and, we know Christ wasn't born on December 25th, but it's it's okay to celebrate uh, the incarnation of Christ, Lord, and, and his coming to earth and, and God becoming man to, to guide us through uh, this life and, and die for our sins, Lord. And so what a blessing and what a time that we have 
to celebrate and to bring others in this celebration, Lord. Uh, I thank you for for having time off, Lord. Um, I know not everyone gets opportunities to, to leave town or get out of town, depending on what's going on, Lord. But any time that we can get away from our, our daily grind, I think it, it's a time to refresh and refocus and recalibrate on you, Lord. Uh, so thank you for the opportunity that I've had uh, recently, Lord, to just have a reminder of what quiet time really is and and to, to focus on the good things, Lord, on the good things that, that I'm blessed with. I pray a blessing over each and every listener today, Lord, in their journey with us of reading one chapter a day. And thank you most of all for for your son who died uh, a death for us so that our sins could be covered and forgiven, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, take us where you want us to go. Let us meet the people you want us to meet. Let us say the words you want us to say and keep us out of your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. I cannot find. Oh, here it is. Got to find my trusty highlighter here and my readers. All right. 62.1, Chapter 41, Pharaoh's Dreams. <clears throat> Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and began grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny, thin cows ate the seven healthy, fat cows. At this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. But he fell asleep again and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing out, I'm sorry, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. The next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams. So he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today I have been reminded of my failure, he said Pharaoh. Some time ago you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night the chief baker and I had each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. Everything happened just as he had predicted. I restored I was restored to my position as cupbearer and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means 
and set you at ease. So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. Sorry. In my dream, he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River and I saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. But then I saw seven sick looking cows, scrawny and thin, come up after them. I've never seen such sorry looking animals in all the land of Egypt. These thin scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. But afterward, you wouldn't have known it, for they were still as thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I also saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind. And then the shriveled heads swallowed the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one could tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what is about to, what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represents seven years of famine. This will happen just as I have described it, for God has revealed it to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Joseph made ruler of Egypt. <clears throat> Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as, as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second-in-command. <clears throat> and wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, 
kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name, Zaphnath Paneah. I don't know if that's right. He also gave him a wife whose name was As, As, Asenath. She was the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. As predicted, for seven years the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. During this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. At last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the countries, all the surrounding countries. Uh, but throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians for the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. And people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. Whew, that was big. <laughs> Sorry. I hope y'all didn't get too tired of hearing me. No. Um, I, I highlighted not too, too much... I don't know. What did, what about you? Where did, oh, I see. You started out in one, it looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, I just started highlighting, uh, with Pot uh, Potiphar, with, uh, the Pharaoh's dream and him talking about it. Um, because there is a little bit of difference between what we see the first time he explains his dream. And then when he explains it to, to Joseph. Okay. I didn't see um, that. Yeah, it's just one line, really, that he, I guess he kind of adds to it that, that I noticed. Okay. Well, when we get there, you can tell me, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I did do five. I did, so I highlighted all of one through four, but I did five because mm -hmm. he fell asleep and had another dream, right? Yep. Did you highlight, then I didn't highlight again until eight. Yeah, I highlighted in eight. 
that uh, he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt to tell him what the dream meant. And nobody could do it. Mm -mm. And then finally, the king's chief cupbearer, I highlighted nine, spoke up. Today I have been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with the chief baker and me. I mean, you could, you really could highlight the whole thing, did you? Yeah, no. yeah, pretty much. Um, so going back a couple of chapters, you know, that he and the, uh, what was it, the chief baker, and who else was there? The cupbearer. Oh, the cupbearer, that's right. And, but he killed the cupbearer? Is that right? Uh, yeah, Pharaoh, Pharaoh ended up. No. executing the, the baker ba chief baker okay sorry okay <laughs> so the dreams came true according to what joseph had said <clears throat> so in uh, 14 pharaoh sent for joseph at once and he was quickly brought from the prison after he shaved and changed his clothes he went in and stood before pharaoh so he made himself presentable right before he saw the the pharaoh and so the Pharaoh says to J uh, Joseph, I had a dream last night. No one else can tell me what it means. And how then, much, of course, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, how much pressure is that? Yeah, really. I mean, talk about being stressed. Yeah. But you know what? He wasn't because he comes back with, it is beyond my power to do this, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So he's... You know, he's putting all his trust in God. Yeah, he is. Right? Yeah, so he, I, love, actually, I love that. So he probably wasn't sweating it at all because he knew that God was going to take care of him because he knew he had a dream That's years right. before, right? Mm -hmm. Which has got what got him into prison to begin with. Right? Exactly. I, in not prison, but in, you know, in it, slavery. In the situation where he's in, in Egypt, yeah. Right, right. So... So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. In my dream, I did not highlight any of this. So you, you're going to have to carry this one because I didn't highlight it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so Pharaoh explains his dream to Joseph, which is, you know, he's on the bank of the Nile River, saw the seven fat cows come out, and then the seven thin cows come out. And, uh, you know, when he, in he, this part of the chapter, he explains that he's never seen such sorry-looking animals in all of the land of Egypt. And after the seven cows ate the seven fat cows, uh, Pharaoh says to Joseph, but afterwards you wouldn't have known it, for they still were as thin and scrawny as before. So that's a detail that was left out in the first time the dream is explained. Correct. All right. You know, yes. That they're thin and scrawny still. And same thing for the uh, for the wheat as they, he goes on to explain to Jesus, uh, Jesus Joseph, um, <laughs> that the the sick looking stalks didn't. Even though they ate the healthy ones, they didn't change in their appearance. They still looked uh, scrawny and shriveled up, right? Uh, considering they had just eaten uh, the the healthy side, um, and Pharaoh tells him in at the end of twenty. 24 you know i told these dreams to the magicians but no one could tell me what they mean so he's distraught he's explaining the dreams this is where we're at and so um in 25 i highlighted the response he says 
both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same things that God's telling him in advance was he's about to do. So basically, because you had the same dream twice, like this is, you know, he goes on to say, God's going to decree this. This is going to happen. Right. Because you dreamed it two times in a row. And uh, explain to him the seven healthy cows and the seven heads of grain both mean the same thing. That's going to be seven years of prosperity followed by seven thin years. So uh, seven years that are going to be famine. Famine, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I think and, this is cool too. And twice, hang on just real quick. So when you go back to 25, God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. He's mm-hmm. giving him fair warning. Yeah. Right. And he says it again, uh, for God has revealed it to Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. So he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of driving it home that, you know, look, you're getting fair warning and you need to do something about it. Right. Right. Well, and what's interesting is that I think I'm thinking about it. You know, this is obviously an opportunity for Joseph, for God to put Joseph in the situation that he's supposed to be in. That's right. But the fact that he's given the Pharaoh this information, even though the Pharaoh doesn't worship the God of Israel, doesn't worship um, him at all, but he's giving him this information to say, hey, look out for this. And for some reason, you know, it it, it makes sense to the Pharaoh, like, you know, I, this is important. This is a message. And well, I need to find out that it's meaning. Well, and, and, and it's setting Joseph up. God is setting Joseph up to be in a good position. Right. Because it, because he's setting his dream up to come true. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, I mean, it's just amazing. God is just a God of order. You know, if people don't see that, I don't know how they don't recognize it, but. And I don't know about you, but what's interesting is like, I dream every night and I usually remember them, not not all of them, but I. It, so it's 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 fascinating to me that when dreams stick out to a person, like in this case, it, you know, how much did Pharaoh dream and why did these stick out, kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's for Joseph's, you know, for God's benefit. This is gonna. Joseph's given him the glory, and everything he's doing is through God, and so this is a way to. Uh, worship God and show this, hey, this the God of Israel is the real God. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, of course, we know Pharaoh doesn't stick to that for very long. But... No, no. But, but right. it's, you know, it, this is, all it is an acknowledgement, though, I think. It is. Well, just the fact that he's going to, you know, listen to, <clears throat> excuse me, listen to, uh, to Joseph and mm-hmm. do, you know, exactly what he's telling him to do. Yeah. So, um, I highlighted in 32, uh, as for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. So that's three times he said it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Three's a, three's a charm. Uh, in 33, therefore Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Wink, wink, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, like all arrows are pointing to me. Yeah. Um, and then Pharaoh should appoint uh, supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven years. 
uh, have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouse, store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. You know, he's giving him, you know, he's giving him a heads up and he's telling him this is what you need to do. And then obviously going into the next segment, uh, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? So here's Pharaoh again acknowledging God. Right. Even though we know that they're, you know, probably worshiping Baal and all sorts of other, you know, gods, right? Yes. That's what they do. And then uh, Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as, in, as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. So here, I mean, he's gone from being in prison to being the second in command of all of Egypt. I mean, mm-hmm. in like, you know, it's like 30 seconds, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and if we think, if we look at the history, like the pharaohs were, they were basically worshipped uh, in Egypt at this time. And so for the fact that he takes a foreigner who interprets this dream and it hasn't even come to fruition yet. It's just, this is going to happen and, and, and acknowledges that he has God in him to say, I'm going to put you in charge. That's, I mean, that's really, really significant. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, very significant. You know, this, it, it just shows how, just goes to show you how mighty our God is. Yeah. You know, that's what it comes down to. Um, I didn't high, I did not highlight again until 46. I can't see the highlight where you're at. Um, well, I just highlighted, you know, Pharaoh put Joseph in charge and how Pharaoh said, I am the Pharaoh. No one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval, speaking to Joseph. Right, right. Right. And then I highlighted the Egyptian name for Joseph. Um, yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't either, but there's an asterisk. So let's see. So oh, is. what is it? 41. Zaphonet? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it says probably means God speaks and lives. God speaks and lives. Well, there you go. You know, Pharaoh's on, on target. He's, you know, he's following God's orders, you know, even if he doesn't, you know, if he hadn't in the past. So, um, I highlighted in 46, just to give a reference of how old Joseph was when he was put Mm -hmm. in charge. So he was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. As predicted for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grains from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. 
Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. And then down in 53, did you have anything before that? Well, I highlighted his wife's name and the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On. They mentioned her name and her title twice. So there must be something significant about that. So I highlighted, highlighted that, so I'll look at it later. Okay. All right. Um, the priest of On. Uh, at last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. So it's all coming to fruition, right? Mm, right. Um, the famine also struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, now I didn't highlight any of this, just kind of recapping it. Right. The famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. So, you know, obviously Egypt is not, you know, immune to it. Right. Uh, when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them to go to Joseph. And they went to Joseph and they were able to buy grain from him. So here you are. I mean, it, it's all, you know, he's doing his job. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Dreams are coming true. And, you know, it's all, you know, this is this is what God has wanted from the beginning. Right. You know? Did you have any other thoughts about that? No, no. I, I just love the story of Joseph and everything that he goes through and Yeah. Uh, you know, the waiting and the the depressing times and then you know, the the joyful times. Yeah. And we don't really know what happened to him, you know, between, you know, while he was in prison. We don't really know, but I guess it wasn't anything to write about who, who wants to write right. about prison, I guess I don't know or being a, a slave so but yeah I like this story too it's it's a good it's a good uh, part of history so I, I, I enjoy watching, uh, reading about it and you know it makes me fun. think it makes me think that like so you know we read about Joseph being in Potiphar's house and being in control of the house and he was he was high ranking in the court so I would think that even though it's not mentioned, like Pharaoh knows of Joseph and knows of what he's done before um, to kind of yeah. know that, okay, I, I can trust him because apparently everyone knew that he ran away from Potiphar's wife, but the Why? wife was so insistent about it that they're like, I, you know, it's almost like, well, you know, I have to do it because she said it, even though it didn't happen, you still got to pay the price. And so yeah, kind of like he probably knew what happened before. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Good stuff. You know, we just finished reading uh, Esther, and there's a verse in Esther. I had it on a cross. I'm going to paraphrase it, but basically it says, uh, perhaps this is the moment that I was brought like into the world for. You know, Esther, Esther's the whole point of her being brought into this world was for her to be in that moment uh, uh, with Mordecai, her cousin or uncle or whoever it was, and be in the king's court and all that. This was her moment. And it's the same thing with Joseph. You know, yeah. all these people, I, it, that particular verse could be for any one of these 
historical people, you know, starting, you know, Adam and Eve and Noah and, you know, the whole, the whole chain of events, that particular verse goes for any, and any of us, you know, perhaps Mm -hmm. this is the moment that I was supposed to be, I I wasn't born at a different era. I was born right here in this moment to do what I'm supposed to do right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and for you and for anybody else. So I just, I love that. When I, I just happened to be at like Hobby Lobby and I saw that it was just a, you know, metal cross in the clearance section of all the places. And I'm like, I love that. And it was Esther. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm reading Esther right now. So anyway, well, that's it for today, everybody. Uh, But we are at the moment that we always give everybody, we're done, right? We're finished with the reading. Okay. (laughs) Uh, just to make sure, I don't want to just like cut and, you know, bad segue, I'm sorry. Um, so uh, we always give everybody the opportunity, if you haven't uh, made a choice for Jesus, if you haven't made him Lord of your life, uh, right now is your moment. We will say the um, prayer of salvation. And uh, if you feel like God is telling you that this is your moment, then uh, feel free to say it with us. So uh, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, today I put my trust in you. I am not perfect and know I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. I thank you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus on the cross. It's his perfect and spotless blood that covers all of my sins, past, present, and future. On this day, I accept him as my Lord and Savior into my heart and will live my life for him. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, congratulations. We would love to hear about it. Uh, Would you like to tell them how they can let us know? Yes, please tell us. Uh, You can email us, Lorraine at leapoffaithpodcast.org, Jeremiah at leapoffaithpodcast.org. Go to our Facebook page, Leap of Faith Podcast. Uh, We have an Instagram page and um, comments, comment. Uh, send messages we will get them and we will respond yes definitely and uh, we also you know we we uh, suggest you know to keep a record of it uh, mark it in your bible that today mm-hmm. is your new birthday uh, we also uh, strongly suggest that you get to a pastor somebody who can help you navigate to the next step in your new christian life uh, you're a brother and sister in christ so uh, you need to start doing for Jesus is basically what it comes down to Uh, get to a ministry volunteer. There's so many things that you could be doing. Read your Bible, continue reading your Bible. So uh, be educated. And you know, the more you read your Bible, the better you get to know uh, God. And it's amazing, you know, the closer you can get to him. So, so that's it. Uh, but we go into the little things. We're going to make this a short segment because we both have lots of work to do. <laughs> Anytime you uh, go on vacation, I'm sure a lot of people realize when they come back, it's like, oh, there's a lot of work to catch up on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Rich, Rich does it all the time. It's like he doesn't go onto his email for a week and then he comes back and he's like so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know how he does it. I got to say, when I used to go on vacation, I didn't get vacation. Mm. I, did I ever tell you this? 
I would go to Hawaii and I would be getting phone calls from my boss. You know who that was uh, at like six o'clock in the morning because he forgot that we were behind a couple of hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I, I had to check my emails. I was doing work the whole time. I was still on vacation. Yeah. 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 So I experienced that there, too. Um, that would happen. So which is kind of great about being out on a cruise is that um, I didn't want to pay to have that access. So I couldn't. And so it, it you know, the person that took, took over for me, you know, did really good. Um, but it's just, they can't reach me. So it made it, <laughs> it made it easier again to, to be able to disconnect and, and kind of be in the moment uh, throughout the cruise. So that's, you know, that yeah. was, that was awesome. Well, and I bet your family appreciated that too. You were present, you know, you didn't have I your would, mind on anything, yeah. but enjoying being with them, you mm -hmm. know? And, and so, you know, one of the cool things this time, I've been notorious for being um, worried, anxious, and not really enjoying vacation. So I had put a lot of work in uh, the last several months on why, and this is most of my life uh, with, with my wife. So, you know, I really focused on what am I doing? Why am I acting this way? I was kind of unemotional in previous trips and things. And so uh, really worked on it. And we both agree that this was probably the best time we've had in a very long time. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really was good. That's a good thing. I love hearing yeah. that. Everybody should have a vacation like that, you know, where they can just completely, you know, just cut off from the world and, and just be with your family, you know, just mm -hmm. peace and quiet. And yeah. So, so you went on that after Thanksgiving. So you had Thanksgiving yes. at the house. Did. And then turned around and got onto a boat. Did. We had 22 people at our house and we actually celebrated on Thursday, which hasn't happened in years because Cassie will usually work Thursday because we can eat with family any day of the week. Uh, it doesn't have to be that. So that's, she's, she has to work a holiday. So she, she picks that holiday to work so that it just Christmas and New Year's can, we can kind of do, do it the, the traditional way. But it was a lot of fun. A lot of people, uh, it was great. It was good. That's good. Yeah. We had a quiet Thanksgiving. It was just the four of us, which was nice. Uh, Joshua came down. He spent the night with us Wednesday to Thursday, and then he drove up to go to his girlfriend's house. Nice. So he spent the weekend with them, but we get them for Christmas. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of like he's, he comes here for Thanksgiving, then goes, spends the weekend with them, and then they'll come here Christmas Eve, and we'll do Christmas Eve. My father-in-law will be here. So Christmas is a little bit bigger for us. Not by sure. much. Because we're such a small family. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But, you know, it's all about being with family. Enjoying mm -hmm. their company. Um, you know, we started to talk a little bit about this uh, back in November. You know, talking about trying to keep it on an even keel. Don't. Like my sister said, you know, what do you do if somebody brings up, you know, a subject that's, you know, taboo? And I said, direct them away from it to try to keep the peace. 
You don't want anybody having bad, you know, because, you know, you've got conservative people, you've got liberal people, you've got religious right. people, right. you've got non-religious people. You know, there's just such a, a mishmash. So the same mantra is rolled over into the Christmas season. You know, you, you have to, you know, have a peaceful existence as best as you can and try to just, just get along and put bygones away, you know, let bygones yeah. be bygones and, and, that, and just enjoy each other's company because that's, it's all about people and family, you know, and mm-hmm. I know, uh, I, I don't know, uh, may have, may or may not have mentioned this, but two years ago, my first brother-in-law, uh, who I knew in my whole life had passed away during COVID and, uh, I realized it today that it's been two years. It was like, I think December 2nd. And um, he was one of my favorite people. And he always challenged me. He was he was Jewish. And so he always challenged me on the whole, you know, Jesus and Christ. Uh-huh. And it was he always had good conversations. But I miss him, you know, just being like, I would call up to talk to my sister and he would answer the phone. I would talk on the phone with him for like 30 or 40 minutes and she would come in like, Jeff, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, I'm talking to Lorraine. <laughs> Give me the phone. You know, she'd take the phone away from him. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not done yet. <laughs> nice. But you, you realize uh, that people are just so important and, you know, and you realize that on this trip, I'm sure, you know, being able to spend time with your family. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Now, I will say there was something I did not get to do. I was on the same floor, and I saw him probably about three or four times as a Buddhist. Uh, it was a Buddhist monk. He had the, I assume Buddhist. He looked like what I think of Buddhist dresses. Like he had the orange and the shaved head. I think that's Buddhist. Yeah. And I wanted to just talk to him. Yeah. Just to talk. And I didn't get the opportunity, probably because I didn't take it, but because we were, we would pass and like he was coming back and we were going somewhere. So I didn't want to take my family's time to just, I would, I I wanted to have it just to chat, just to see what, what he was doing on a cruise, number one. Well, that's that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, what is a monk doing on a cruise? I didn't know they did that kind of thing. (laughs) Well, and that's what's so funny is that's the first thing is like, do you, you take cruises? But yeah. You know, and he had a, I think he had a cup of water with him. He was taken back to, I, I assume his room. I don't know, but it was just, but then I didn't know if there was going to be a language barrier. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. I didn't want to, uh, you know, but I just thought that would have been an inter- interesting conversation on why he was there and what he was doing. And I, I, I just assumed that he would talk to me. I don't know that he would have even talked to me, but. I don't know much about Buddhism. I know my mother-in-law was Buddhist, but she got saved. So, mm-hmm. you know, she she came and she saw the light. Um, but I, you know, I know Buddha was an actual person. Right. And so, you know, so I don't, I don't know a lot about that. I know kind of the whole karma thing and mm-hmm. reincarnation and all that. I think that's what they believe in. I don't. I, you know, I don't personally, yeah. I don't want to come back. 
Uh, you know, right. send me straight to heaven. That's that's the way I want to go. <laughs> yeah, and you know, my kids freak out too when I talk to strangers. Yeah, they just don't. Um, you know what though? They're gonna turn into you. I, They're gonna. I, I, oh, they yes. will. Yeah. 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 My dad used to do that when we were on vacation. Oh my gosh, we would go for walks. Hi, how you doing? Hi. I'm like, Dad, stop it. You know, yeah, I was like 12, 13, whatever, 14. Yeah. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, please don't. Why? But now I do the same thing. I'm like, I talk to people freely, you know, just, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, we'll be yeah. standing online at like, you know, Home Goods or something. And, you know, I'll strike up a conversation with somebody about whatever. I don't know. I, literally, whatever. You right. know. Well, and that's yeah. what happens. You, you, you kind of, everybody on that ship, you know, they're on vacation, right? Cause why else are you on a ship? But yeah, you just start up conversations and you know, the kids would just give us these looks and like, we got somewhere to go or, you know, why are you talking to them? Yeah. You know them? No, I don't know them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know I'm on the ship. That's like um, yeah. a thousand miles away from our house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, you know, people shouldn't be afraid to talk to each other, really, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll be standing online and like I'll see, or even down the aisle, like if I'm at the commissary and I saw somebody, I don't know, they picked up something, I'm like, oh, you know, Costco has that on sale for, you know, half the price, you know, or whatever. Right. And uh, I don't have a problem telling people stuff like that. Rich is embarrassed beyond anything he's like why why do you have to talk to people in the middle of the aisle why i'm like i don't know if i if if it was me and somebody saw that i had you know soft scrub and i could get it for half price at costco i'd want to know about that you know well whatever. someone ends up asking my wife where something was on the ship and poor thing like she doesn't she doesn't know she doesn't figure it out to like the day we're leaving but I don't know if we were around the corner. I forgot how it happened. But anyways, they, they were asking her. And she says, oh, I think it's this way. And so they left. And then when we met up with her, like, oh, what was going on? She says, oh, they were asking me where this place was. And I said, well, what did you tell them? Oh, it, it's over here. <laughs> it's on the other side. <laughs> and she'd be like, oh, well. I hope I don't see them again. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope she didn't run into them again, like, you know, in the dining hall or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's funny. There's a lot of people on the ship, but you do kind of, there are certain people that you kind of see over and over, you know, that yeah. you kind of recognize. And so it's just, you know, and some people you don't, but yeah, she's the last person that she should be telling anyone where anything is. <laughs> That's so funny. That mm. is so funny. All righty. Well, I think that's about it for today. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut it off, but I do have to get to work, yes. get some stuff done. So, um, so we are, uh, doing today's and then probably next week is a normal week for us. Right. I think we're kind of, okay, cool. Maybe in the middle, we can try to do one together. I, we always say it, but we're always busy with other stuff. So, but we'll should, play by here. Yeah. So, well, 
thank you so much everybody out there who got to listen and read with us and you know read about joseph and the dreams uh we don't know what time of day you're able to do this but uh morning noon or night we're just glad that you're able to uh to join us in this uh long journey through the old testament so um take care god bless you and have a great weekend we'll see you on monday i'll see you next week